0: What's up everyone? Good morning and welcome to our Water's Edge online Sunday morning worship experience. Once again, thank you so very much for hanging out with us and tuning in. For those of you that continue to like and share these online worship experiences with your circle of influence, thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. We have people tuning in from all over the place and people give us reports that it's very helpful to their personal life. Also, for those of you that continue to worship with us online through giving and generosity, maybe meeting our new $10 challenge, thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. You allow us to help more people, love more people, feed more people, and serve more people and so our city and show our community the hands and feet of Jesus and you allow us to make the kingdom of Jesus Christ Visible, Today we continue with our current series, and this series is called Heat Wave. And honestly, I just want this series to be a revival for our soul type of series because this is all about you and I getting our focus back for God and showing people the love of God. This is all about you and I getting our passion and our endurance and our strength and our faith and our intimacy and our worship back for God and showing people the love of God. So today we continue with Part 2. Now, understand that through circumstances and storms and opportunities and battles and struggles and relationships and victory and pain, that you in this life have been dealt a certain hand. Through everything that you've been through and experienced in this life, this life has dealt you a certain hand. And many times because of this hand that you've been dealt, it makes actually living this life very, very challenging. Sometimes just dealing with your thoughts and sometimes just dealing... ...with the way that you feel and your emotions can be a heavy burden and a heavy challenge. And our life speaks to us. Our thoughts speak to us. Your thoughts speak to you. Your storms speak to you. Your circumstances speak to you. Your battles speak to you. Negativity and negative people speak to you in this life. And many times it seems like the volume of negativity just gets turned up louder and louder and louder and hotter and hotter and hotter like a heat wave in our life. And when we go through this, this is when fear becomes louder than faith in our life. This is when sadness becomes louder than joy and happiness in our life. And this is when negativity becomes louder than hope in our life. And so the question is this, is how? How do we make sure that the positive influences in our life become much louder than the negative influences in our life? Now, has anyone ever been to Silver Dollar City in Missouri? A long time ago when I was just a little boy, my family, my mom and dad, my older brother Ryan wasn't born yet, and me and then my parents' best friends and their sons Uh, They had an older son that was the same age as my older brother, and they had a younger son that was the same age as me, and so we all got a cabin in Missouri, and we were staying there, and we went to Silver Dollar City, and two days before we left to come back home, we were out shopping. They had these cool little shops all over Branton, Missouri, and they had these cool pocket knives. This was back in the late 80s. They had these cool pocket knives that they would sell, and all these big velvet Elvises everywhere, but anyway, my older brother asked my parents for this cool designer pocket knife, and they bought him. Him one and then my best friend, who was the same age as me, he asked his parents for a pocket knife and they bought him one. So, naturally, I had to have one too. And so, I asked my mom and dad, Can you buy me a pocket knife? And my dad said, No, I'm not going to get you one because you'll cut yourself. And so, I begged my mom and I begged my dad because I mean, my friend got one, my older brother got one. I had to have one, and I begged my dad until he finally gave in and he bought me this cool pocket knife. But when he gave in, he took told me this, he goes, Tony, the first time you cut yourself with this knife, I'm going to take it away from you. So I said, yes, sir, I'll be safe. I'll make sure that I'm careful and I will not cut myself. So we get in the car and we're heading back to the cabin and it's my mom and dad in the front seat. I'm in the back seat. My older brother rode back to the cabin with uh, my friend and his parents and his friend and all that kind of stuff. And so while I'm in the back seat, I'm playing with my knife and I'm trying to get it out of my pocket and my parents aren't watching. They're just talking in the front seat and the blade gets stuck. And so I'm trying to open up the blade. And when I do, it opens and it slips and I slice open my finger. In fact, I still have that scar on my finger and man, it hurt. My dad didn't see it happen. My mom didn't see it happen. So I quickly just wrapped up my finger in the bottom of my shirt and I started biting down on my teeth and gritting my teeth but I was in pain and I wanted to cry and I wanted to scream and I wanted to ask for help and I wanted to beg for help but I remembered the words of my dad Tony if you cut yourself with this knife I'm going to take it away from you and I didn't want my dad to take this knife away from me and so I hid my pain I covered up my pain and so I remember him saying that man I wrapped it up and I didn't say a word I did not say a word about my pain I kept silent about my pain because I didn't want my dad to take the source of my pain the knife away from me and so as soon as we got and I have no idea how my dad knew this I have no idea he didn't see the blood on my shirt I wasn't acting hurt but as soon as we got to the cabin and got out of the car he looked at me he goes Tony you cut yourself didn't you I said, yes, sir. He goes, come on inside and I'll fix you up. I still have that scar on my finger. And in this life, you have been cut. And you have scars on the inside, just like I've been cut, and I have scars on the inside. Words have cut you, and they have scarred you. People have cut you, and it has scarred you. Storms and battles and discouragement in this life has cut you, and it has scarred you. Choices and heartache in this life has cut you. Rejection and betrayal and loneliness in this life has cut you, and it has scarred you. And just like I didn't say a word back then to my daddy when I cut my finger. Notice this question a day if you're still with me. Say, I'm still with you. Why have you and I become so good at hiding our pain? you and I are so good at covering up our pain and hiding our pain. We are masters at not letting anyone know that we're hurting on the inside. We're masters at not letting anyone know that we're struggling on the inside and we're battling on the inside and we have pain on the inside. Is it because we don't want people to think that we're messed up? Probably. Is it because we don't want people to think that we have messed up? Probably. Is it because we don't want people to think that, we we to think that we're helpless or we're weak? Probably. Probably. Is it because of pride? Many times we cover up our pain and our weaknesses because of pride. Yes, absolutely. But mostly, just like me as a little boy in the back seat of my parents' car, covering up the pain of me cutting my finger, many times we cover up our pain because we're just not ready to let go of the source of our pain. We do the same thing with our pain in this life. That relationship has caused you so much pain. That temptation has caused you so much pain. That habit, that pattern, that addiction has caused you in this life so much pain. That selfishness, that person, that excuse in this life has caused you so much pain. That decision, that feeling in this life has caused you so much pain, but you don't want to let go of the source of the pain Pain just yet you don't want to let go of the relationship or the temptation just yet you don't want to let go of the attitude or the selfishness or the person or the excuse or the habit or the pattern just yet sometimes we're great at covering up our pain because we're just not ready to let go of the source of our pain and sometimes the most dangerous words that you and I can ever speak about our life and into our life and over our life and it's these two words that you and And I just so happen to speak about our life, into our life and over our life all the time. And this is what it is. And notice this today It's these two words. I can't. I can't. Now, for just a moment, I want you to think about something that you've always wanted to do and something that you've always needed to do, but you keep giving into those two words I can't. Maybe it's something that you want to change about your life. Maybe it's something that you need to reconcile a relationship with someone else, apologize to someone else, give up a habit, give up a pattern, give up an excuse, give up an addiction. Maybe it's to do something new. Maybe it's to make a difference in someone else's life, or maybe it's to let go of the source of your pain. You want to do this and you need to do this. You've been wanting to do this and you have been needing to do this but you keep giving in to those two words I can't. And most of the time we believe that we can't and we tell ourselves that we can't because we've had other negative influences in our life make us think and feel and believe that we cannot. And so because of that we turn into the same type of person. We become negative, we've allowed other people to have a negative influence on our life and make us think that we can't. And so we start to be a negative influence in the lives of other people and we start to make other people believe that they cannot either. And we all start to believe that we cannot. We cannot get past this pain. We cannot overcome this battle. We cannot overcome this storm. We cannot overcome this struggle. We just cannot. And there are other people in our life and they have things that they need to do and there are other People in our life, and they have things that they want to do in their life, like maybe change something about their life, reconcile a broken relationship, apologize to someone, give up a habit, give up a pattern, give up an addiction, do something new, make a difference in someone else's life, or give up the source of their pain. And just like we've been influenced by the negativity of others, we start to influence other people that they can't do it. And so we become that negative influence also, and the volume and the heat of negativity just gets turned up louder and louder and hotter and hotter in our life. Negativity is contagious. And so it takes courage to finally stop believing and giving in to those two words, I can't, and to finally believe this about your life. It takes courage to finally stop believing and speaking and giving into those two words, I can't, and to finally claim this and know this and live this and walk this and believe this. 1 John 5 4. For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we have achieved this victory through our faith. Yes. You really can. Romans 8.37, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Yes, you really can. Or this verse, Philippians 4.13, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. You've been led to think that you can't, but as you follow Jesus and the Spirit of God lives inside of you, yes, you absolutely can. Now check this out. For centuries, no one really knew where locusts came from. Everyone just knew that in certain times, certain seasons, they would come in as a swarm, as a gang. They would devastate and eat everything in their path. Many times the plague of locusts can be considered a natural disaster. In certain places in the world, when there's droughts, And heat waves, man, they can just swarm in, eat crops, cause damage to the land, and then it causes a famine, starvation, and people die. And so for centuries, people wanted to know where do these locusts come from? Well, in 1921, we found out. Anyone know what a grasshopper is? We love grasshoppers. Man, grasshoppers are shy, they're gentle, they're smiley, they're happy, they're hoppy. In fact, when one grasshopper sees another grasshopper, they'll turn around and hop away from each other because they're so shy. And so this is how a grasshopper turns into a locust. During times of droughts and heat waves, droughts and heat waves, they are forced to gather together in the same patches of grass. And as they gather together during heat waves and droughts in the same patches of grass, they start to rub their hind legs together and it produces this chemical called serotonin. And this chemical turns these grasshoppers that are normally happy and shy and timid and hoppy into these ferocious devastating insects that now travel in swarms and eat and devastate everything in their path. Basically, it turns them into zombie grasshoppers. It's kind of like The Walking Dead, but with grasshoppers. A locust is a zombie grasshopper. They go from being shy and gentle to being mean and devastating everything in their path. And so I thought about that. Just like grasshoppers can get together and turn each other into the worst versions of themselves, sometimes you and I can be surrounded by each other and we can all become so negative and we can all be surrounded by so much negativity that we turn each other into the worst versions of ourselves. We turn each other into people who are people of compassion and discipleship and grace and faith into negative people who are defeated. They influence us. In a negative way and then we turn around and we influence other people in a negative way. If I can't change something about my life, if I can't make positive changes, if I can't reconcile that relationship, if I can't apologize to someone, if I can't start something new, if I can't make a difference in someone's life, if I can't let go of the source of my pain, that I don't want you to think that you can either. I want you to feel just as bad as me because if you can do what I believe I cannot do and I see you overcoming the things that I've convinced myself that I cannot overcome, then that makes me feel even lower. So if I'm defeated, I would just go ahead and feel better if you're defeated too and we all turn each other into locusts, into the worst negative versions of ourselves. That part of ourselves that believes I can't, we do that to each other, that part of ourselves that gossips. We do that to each other. That part of ourselves that stays angry and stays defeated. We do that to each other. That part of ourselves that's jealous and critical and judgmental and we shame other people. We do that to each other. That part of ourselves that's negative, negative, negative. We do that to each other and negativity is contagious. Now in Matthew chapter 14, it's nighttime. Jesus goes off to pray by himself. The disciples getting to a boat at nighttime, they launch off from the water's edge and so they're in the water and then all of a sudden they see something walking on water towards them about 3 a.m. in the morning and as this figure approaches and gets closer, they realize that it's Jesus. At first, they're startled. They think it's a ghost. And then they realize it's Jesus walking on water. And so Peter says, Lord, can I walk on water too? None of the other disciples say that. But Peter says, Lord, can I walk on water too? And notice what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 14, verse 27. But Jesus spoke to them at once and says, don't be afraid. He said, take courage. I am here. Peter says, Lord, can I walk on water? After Jesus says, take courage, I am here. And Jesus says, yeah, Peter, come on. Now, I'm sure some negative thoughts start to enter all of their minds right here. The other disciples start having negative thoughts. Peter can't walk on water. We can't walk on water. Peter starts thinking, they can't walk on water. I can't walk on water. But Jesus said in verse 27, don't be afraid, have courage, I am here. By the way, If you see me swatting at the air, there's a fly flying around my head right now, and I don't want to go into my mouth while I'm preaching to you, so... We just had a funny moment, but that sucker won't leave me alone. Back to the sermon if you're still with me. Sam's still with you. So Peter had some courage, and instead of saying, I can't, he stepped out of the boat. No one else on this day stepped out of the boat. It was only Peter. Peter was the only one who stopped believing, I can't, and he had some courage, and he started believing, I can, and he stepped out of the boat. And this is courage, and notice this today, and this is another foundational principle that God used. to move in our life and work in our life and show up in our life we have to have courage and step out of the boat notice this today courage is when you finally do what everyone else thinks that you can't do and what they can't do either negativity will tell you you can't and I can't courage will say I can and I will and it's time to step out of the boat now notice a couple of things that Jesus did here number one Jesus influenced Peter to do Something extraordinary. And number two, Jesus encouraged his courage. Jesus did not discourage his courage. Now, considering all of that, I have two final questions for us today. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Number one: your life. Does it influence people to think I can't or does it encourage them to believe I can? I never want to be the type of person that influences other people to stay negative, to stay defeated, to stay under that burden and to believe that they can't. The worst version of who they are. I don't want to influence other people. I don't want my influence to lead them to quit. I don't want my influence to lead them to stay in the boat. I don't want my influence to lead them to go backwards, to give up to gossip, to stay in bondage, to stay angry, to attack others, to judge others. I don't want my influence to cause others to stay negative. I want to be the type of influence that influences other people to be the best versions of themselves and to have courage and believe that yes, they absolutely can. They are more than overcomers. Question number two, if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Your life Does it influence others to be courageous or does it discourage their courage? The best version of you is when we're courageous. The best version of me is when I'm courageous. You'll never find the best version of yourself inside of that boat. There are things that you need to do and there are things that you've always wanted to do like change something about your life, reconcile that relationship, apologize to someone, give up that habit, give up that pattern, give up that addiction, start something new, make a difference in someone's life, let go of your source of pain and how discouraging is it when someone makes you Think and feel and believe that you can't. It steals your courage. Don't be that person. That's the worst version of yourself. The best version of yourself is someone who has courage, and you encourage all people to be courageous in their life. You and I were created by God to be courageous, to be courageous with our love, in our faith, in our relationships, in our ambition, in our compassion. Let's never discourage that in our life and in the life of other people. Someone needs to be positive. I can. You can. Let's step out of the boat. Someone needs to love other people. I can. You can. Let's step out of the boat. Someone needs to make a difference. Someone needs to apologize. Someone needs to make changes in their life. I can. You can. Let's step out of the boat. Someone needs to let go of their source of pain. I can. You can. Let's step out of the boat. Someone needs to walk away from that habit and that pattern and that addiction. I can. You can. Let's step out of the boat. Someone needs to encourage other people and accept other people and show other people, Jesus, I can, you can. Let's step out of the boat. Courage is when you finally do what you've been afraid to do and what you think you can't do and what other people think they can't do. But we were born to be courageous and so believe that you can and help other people believe that they can too. And when we do, it'll turn up the heat of God working in our life like a heat wave. Foundational principle number one that gets God to work in our life is you got to believe. Number two, you got to step out of the boat and you have to have courage. When you believe and when you have courage, that invites God into your storms and into your circumstances to work and to show up and to change your life. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so very much for tuning in. We cannot wait to see you back next week. Now continue to stay with us for the amazing Water's Edge Band in a time of worship. See you back next week.